This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with the newest youngest superstar we've had on the show in a while, Dan Helweg. Before we get to Dan, just a couple of quick announcements. One, as always, thank you for continuing to listen and support our show. If you want to keep helping us grow and reach more agents, please tell a friend. Just think of one other realtor that you know that could benefit from hearing from top producers like Dan and send them a link to this episode. Easiest way is shoot them right over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. Or uh, if they are a podcast listener, just have them pull up whatever podcast app they're using. We're on all of them. And hit the subscribe button when they find Keeping It Real. And then also, if you could leave us a review in whatever podcast app you might be using, whether it's Google Play or Apple uh, Podcasts or Stitcher, Pandora, Spotify, et cetera, Amazon, uh, anywhere you find us, let us know what you think of the show, even if it's a one-star review. Uh, actually, don't leave us a one-star review. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Leave us whatever review star that you think is appropriate. It really helps us to not only know what our audience thinks about the show and how we can improve, but also helps us with visibility with the different um, podcast directory engines. So please leave us a review and tell a friend, and that's all we ever ask of you. Uh, but now, enough about me. Let's talk to Dan Helwick. Today on the show, we have Dan Helweg from At Properties, Christie's International Real Estate here in Chicago. Now, Dan was born, raised, and currently resides here in Chicago. And Dan Helwig has a devout passion for the city, unlike others. As a third-generation Chicagoan, with both his father and grandfather working for the city, Dan brings a unique perspective to his business. His approach to real estate incorporates a philosophical component, regardless of buying, selling, or transaction type, which gives the control to his clients, all while
while he guides and maneuvers everything else around the deal. The greatest joy comes when he helps someone accomplish something they thought they could never experience, which for many is, no surprise, buying their first home. Now, Dan also trains for Ironmans. He listens to Rick records while sipping whiskey, and he enjoys time with friends, family, and, and that's what he does when he's not helping his clients buy and sell real estate. Um, please, everyone. Uh, uh, oh, Dan, I apologize. I forgot to grab um, your Instagram. Everyone should follow Dan on Instagram, which is a life with Dan, which is there are periods between that. Is that correct? It's uh, periods between it, but it's get real with Dan. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, <laughs> so whoever this all life is, forget that guy. It's get real with Dan. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. Uh, get, get real with Dan periods in between. We will have a link to his Instagram profile in the show notes. Uh, hopefully I'll fix that in post-production as well. So we won't sound like, I won't sound so unprepared. Uh, by the way, we'll pull back the curtain just to see what kind of disaster, uh, unfortunately Dan has had to go through on, uh, because of us on our end, not only at, so, so we actually tried to record this the other day and we had for the first time in a long, long, I can't even remember if it's ever happened before the power went out in our office when we were about five minutes into the episode. And, and then we were like, well, what happens if it goes out? We could start it again, but what happens if it goes out again? So we had to reschedule Dan for today. So that was sort of problem. Number one, poor Dan had to um, you know, reschedule. And he was so nice and, and, and sweet about it. <laughs> then, then today um, I'm recording another episode earlier and I get in uh, this urgent message from my producer going, I think I put the wrong time on the schedule. Cause I looked at it and I go, I thought it was at three and, and here it, we're doing it too. And so I go, Oh my God. And so that happened. And then I just got Dan's Instagram wrong. So we're going to make it up to Dan <laughs> for sure. But, but we're, we're really excited. I'm really, really excited to have him on the show because um, Dan, uh, uh, I believe reached out to us and, you know, we love featuring um, younger, newer talent in the real estate pool. Um, I think sometimes you know, we overfocus here at the show on people who are, uh, who have made it to the very top of the mountain. And then oftentimes those people, it's harder for them to even remember that struggle of, of how, what it took to get up the mountain. And I think it's so interesting to hear people who are on that way up and are still dealing with some of those struggles, but have figured out a way to sort of persevere. And Dan is that guy. And we are so excited to have him. Um, so Dan, welcome to the show. It's a very long intro, but uh, I, I did screw up your, your Instagram. So I, I apologize. Hey, it's okay. Then- <laughs> I feel I feel bad for that other person. They're probably like, hey, I got some extra people following me. Who are they? <laughs> but <laughs> Well, I, I, I did make Dan feel a little better and I won't, I won't say, but we just turned down a very important guest that um, uh, to have, not, not to have Dan on the show, but uh, I told Dan, I go, you know, there's been all these problems with us recording this episode, but, uh, and I said, guess who we just turned down. So, uh, so anyway, Dan is very special to us and we're, we're grateful to have him. Um, but tell us, Dan, tell us, let's start at the very, very beginning of your sort of journey into real estate. Yeah. Tell us how you got into it, why, and, oh my God. Uh, and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. I have like a couple of variations of telling this. So I want to try to make it the most impactful for people who are listening and not, you know, all too touchy feely, but, um, uh, let's see, I worked for a company that we did, um, kitchen services in colleges. And, um, during that time I was there from about 2010 to, you know, about 2017, 2018. And, uh, I, I had the ability to provide or see how do I want to put it? 
I just got to experience a lot of roles, right? I did from account management to HR to marketing. And it was a lot of seeing the problem and providing a solution, which, you know, at the time you just kind of take for granted. You think that's like what people do when they're in those positions and very fortunate to have that job. Um, got to the point where, you know, it's kind of like the seven year itch. I think I just kind of was getting a little burnt out, a little spent, wanted some new challenges, new things. And, you know, I think I kind of opened it up to the universe to provide that opportunity. And unfortunately it came in the way of me being let go (laughs) kind of butt heads with the operations director there at the time. Um, but it's funny because everything really does work out and I'll tell you more about that later. But, um, so, you know, it's day one, then you're like, Hey, what do I want to do? What, where am I going with this? And my passion has always really been, um, like marketing and connecting communications. And, um, so it was really day one. I went to a shared office space and I was like, I need to just keep showing up to something. Right. And, um, started working on a few little projects here and there, but I'm like, you know what? There's, I'm not going to have the dedication to this, like what I, I know it needs. And um, I've had some you know, friends in real estate. Uh, one of my best friends who we've been buddies since we were little, I mean, we are best friends you know, through and through. Um, he has always been kind of, he's, in, he's been in real estate for about eight years. And you know, well, at that point, I mean, it was eight years. So now it's been what, 12, 13 years. And he was basically like, dude, real estate, man, like, come on, you've been saying you've been wanting to do real estate. And it has always been on the back burner. He used to take me to different trade events. And, you know, I, I was at guaranteed rates of rooftop parties and meeting people who are, you know, top producers now. And it was kind of like me now, you know, doing the hustle, doing the thing, trying to figure it out. And at that time, it was kind of like, well, I'll, I'll do it eventually. And I think it was a little bit of having an ego back then. And just, you know, I was happy with what I was doing. So it's, you know, it happens when it happens. And so anyways, fast forward, I, uh, you know, was like, okay, this is, I think this is the time to do it. Why not? I, things are kind of lining up. I think it'd be a cool um, profession to get into. And um, yeah, you know, I was kind of the, the way I got into it and now it's been, you know, a few years. So how did you go about prospecting? I, I know you're, you're from here, your family's from here. So you, uh, some people would say, oh, you have this advantage where you must have this massive sphere of influence, and perhaps you do. Um, but I always like to get into that because I think even with a huge sphere of influence, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that the clients just come calling because you got your exactly. license. Um, so yeah. can you talk a little bit about how you went out and found clients? Yeah. So when I, when I, had the, you know, the piece of paper saying, congratulations, you can real estate now. I, uh, <laughs> I, I met with a bunch of brokers, right. And managing brokers from larger companies to smaller companies to very boutique companies. Um, I just wanted to understand what made a brokerage successful. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I, I wasn't with that properties first. It was another one. And the very question, one of the questions, one of masters is like, what's your, you know, how big is your sphere of influence? I'm like a sphere of what? And, uh, yeah. You know, and I've heard that before, but you know, in my mind, it was like the super close people in your life. Right. Sure. Like, like just the ones that I can call up and be like, Hey, it's Dan, what do you got? And, right. and I didn't really, you know, I think at that point, because you know, where I was at in my life, it was the communications I was having with these people. It wasn't from a, you know, quote unquote business perspective. So when I got started, it's, it was, it was, it's, it's like difficult, right? Because you think you have this identity with people. And 
I would do the things like, and I still do them and I love doing them even more now, but I'd write letters to people. I would text people. I, you know, give up, pick up the phone. I mean, that's like the strongest thing nowadays. I mean, that is like picking up the phone, calling other agents and that kind of stuff, whatever, but picking up the phone and just being like, Hey, how are you? And, you know, it's like, I don't even know what to talk about. I'm just, I was thinking about you. I just wanted to see how you've been doing. And, you know, I think when you get into real estate, you hear from everybody, you know, there's obviously these top producing, you know, coaches out there, you know, five calls a day, 10 text messages. And you're like, I don't even know, like, you know, this is going to be one week's worth of people, but that's when you're like, okay, Hey, I'm meeting new people. Um, like I just said, like, you know, I went to that shared office, you know, I've, I've made clients through that, you know, I've, you know, done different things with charity and you help out and you, you know, you, you, you start off, I feel like, especially for newer agents listening to this, and I see it with newer agents, they do the thing. And I think I did it too, was you do it for a few weeks and you're like, well, I got nothing from this. And you're like, okay, let me step back. Like, why am I doing this? If I am only trying to touch base with people because I want business, like, what the, like, why am I doing that? Right. And I think you start to evolve a little bit, you know, and then when you do get a few, you know, transactions behind you and you start to get into the lives of people, And, you know, you go out on showings with people and you just learn like, oh my God, like life, what happens? And you're like, oh my God, like I need to help people. It's not even a want anymore. Like this is going on in people's lives and I want to be there for them. And it just gets easier then because then when you do make these phone calls, you're not coming from the lens anymore. Like I want business. It's, it's a genuine, you know, like innate thing in you and you want to be able to help them. And, you know, so yeah, I think I think we're talking about intimacy. I think um, intimacy is really well, realtors have a unique ability to develop these deeper sort of connections with their prospects, their clients. You get to help them make pretty important financial decisions, right? Like buying, selling, investing, possibly renting. It, it, you know, there's a lot of people's emotion and identity are tied into where they live. And it becomes, as as we know, everyone listening knows just how powerful that experience is, especially when someone gets to buy their first home. I mean, that is truly a remarkable moment. I remember the day I bought my first place, and, and I'm sure everyone listening who owns a place probably remembers that as well. And real estate agents are uniquely positioned to sort of be a part of that, obviously you're part of the, the transaction, but be part of the emotional component of it and the intimacy of mm-hmm. it. And then, you know, people, intimacy is really um, what gets people to want to, you know, you to tell other eight, to tell other their friends about you and it'd be like, wow, mm-hmm. my agent really cares about me. My agent knows about me. My agent calls me and just checks in and sees how I'm doing or reminds me that it's the you know, anniversary date of my purchasing this home three years ago or things like that. Um, And and I think that is so cool because all of that stuff, it's not that you're also not providing value and and information about the the housing market and maybe some strategies that they may want to consider. I mean, there's a skill set that is absolutely needed, but there's, and just understanding what's going on in the market and the news and being able to relay that to, to your prospects and clients. But there's also this, like, like even my financial advisor doesn't really have an intimate relationship with me. I mean, they know what my finances look like, but they mm-hmm. don't really know that much. I mean, they know my life, but they're, it's not right. the same. They're not walking through me in their house. They've never seen where I live. Uh, my yeah. accountant has never seen where I live. They're super important people, but real estate has 
has this sort of built-in intimacy and and um and and empathy i think that is really cool and it absolutely binds people together and that's why the vast majority of of buyers and uh decide that you know assuming they had a good experience they use the same agent over and over and over again um right. so i didn't didn't mean to go on a rant there but i just i just thought you <laughs> no. really touched on that um and i and i think that's really really important yeah yeah and just you know on top of that it's we all have things that have occurred in our lives from the moment. I mean, even before we're born, the things that happen to everybody else impacts that person. You know, we're all just sand pushing against each other at the end of the day. Right. And, you know, we go out and I've had some people who they're like, Oh, you know, I either have seen a few places. It's like, okay, we've got to reset like this. And that's why I use that term philosophical because it's, there's a deeper thing going on and it's, you know, you want to have, you want to have emotions, you want to have happy emotions, good emotions, but especially, you know, if anything like the last year has proven, you know, it's, it, it was hard on people because, you know, I, I had so many people I talked to and they're like, Oh, you know, you, you must like real estate must be going great right now. And it's like, yes and no it's, it is, but it's difficult because, you know, when you've gone out, you know, 20, 30, 40 places, and, you know, I was very, like, I look back at a lot of my numbers and I couldn't, I was trying to figure out why I had such a great conversion rate, but it's, again, it's, it's not even just working with your clients and getting to understand where they're at, what they need, all those things. But once you've positioned them to that, it's really connecting with that other agent then, right? That's when, yeah. you know, you're making those phone calls. I worked with, you know, just kind of a quick story. I was working with the, with this couple and, you know, we saw probably like 30 places almost just kind of mixed wow. around the city. Yeah. You know, nothing that was ever really hitting, but we were, were like honing in and, You're getting you know, they're kind of, right. And they're kind of like, you know, does what we want exist. I'm like, it does. I'm like, it's a timing thing. I'm like, you know, the first few, you kind of get that contrast. The next few, you kind of really see what you need, you know, what you don't need, what you learn about yourself. Then you start to hone in. Right. And that's where we were at. Took a little bit longer and that's fine. It takes as long as it takes. But of course, the one they went to was just a random open house. And they're like, hey, Dan, we went to this open house. And you know, I was asking all these questions about how many people were there, tell me, blah, blah, blah. So I called the agent and I'm just like, hey, so guess what? I usually, you know, get out there with my clients. They just wanted, they popped in and I need to kind of know where we're at because they're interested. He's like, well, we had about 45 showings today. And I was like, wow. I'm not, yeah, I'm like, not surprised are you starting to get offers? We are. Okay. I'm like, well, here's what I, here's what I need to do. I'm like, I need to get in there. I need to get in there with my clients. You know, I need, we need to see this place all together. I'm like, however that means, you know, I'm the type of agent where it's like, you can't make it as a client. I'm going on your behalf. We're going to, you know, FaceTime, we're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. Right. Um, because I need to know really what the weight is so we can position ourselves, you know, and we learned about what the sellers wanted, all those conversations with the other agent, and, you know, we won the offer and, you know, it's wow. knowing those kind of things. And that's where that, like that, you know, as you just said, that intimacy, it's, it's crazy because it's, it's the deep level of those people. It's knowing where they're positioned. It's, it's knowing everything. And they're just, you know, I, I would, I could sit here and ramble for, you know, days about how deep this goes, but I, you know, if you're on the outside, if you're not in real estate, or if you don't have that view, I think it's just kind of like on the level, it's like, oh, it's somebody who wants to buy a home. It's like, you know, that's, you know, it's everything but just that. So <laughs> how important is it for you as the, let's say the buyer's agent in this example, um, having a good relationship with the selling agent, the agent representing the, the seller, I should say, because it's 
Um, yeah, like, do, are you able to? Because we 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 know that on paper these our commissions are called cooperative commissions, which means the two agents are supposed to cooperate to to close a transaction, but. Yeah. But again, these sellers right now are selling, selling agents, uh, listing agents are, of course, um, uh, I always get confused because in Illinois, we call a selling agent, the person who represents the buyer. So I always think, why do we do that? Why don't we, it, it, maybe I'm just dumb. So we'll say buyer and seller. So anyway, uh, right working with you. buyers and, yeah, and, and working with the listing agent, the seller, um, yeah. how important is it for you to have a good relationship with other agents so that not, not that they'll do you any particular favors, although that certainly could happen, but just yeah. understanding what it's going to take to get this deal closed, understanding what the seller is looking for. Uh, yeah. You obviously know what the buyers look how important is it to have that kind of relationship? Oh, it's, 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 you know, the pinnacle, it's the highest thing. It's the most important thing, really. Um, I think, especially in this business, you know, if you want to go on with it, you get an identity or you get, you know, this thing attached to you. And, um, you know, it's, I like to be as transparent as possible, right? Of course, you know, this is a game of poker in a sense. I could be holding pocket aces, you know, the agents around me don't need to know that, but how I play them, you know, there's a way to do it right. Right. You know, you can't just go all in and everybody folds and you're done. Um, but with the other agent, you know, it's, it's being on the same page. We're all from different walks of life as well. You know, we all come from different industries. I know agents who just got started during COVID and they, you know, like we were talking about, you know, closings and they're like, you go to closings. I'm like, yeah, I always go to closings. And like, I don't go. It's like, oh, right. Because you started at a time where you couldn't go. Right. So going back to the whole relationship with the agent, knowing who they are and how they view and interpret real estate is very critical to me. And even so much that if I feel discom- you know, some discomfort from them, like on just a recent, this was actually me being on the listing side just recently, but I had the agent, um, you know, he's, we, he got the, they won the offer and he was just like, okay, we'll take it off the MLS. I'm like, just slow down. Like, just, you know. <laughs> Like you, you just, we just accepted, like, just, you know, where's this coming from? Where, you know, so yeah. Why is this important? Yeah. Right. So quickly, like he thinks that I was going to entertain all their offers and, you know, I get that things happen. And again, you know, they got the earnest money submit. I'm just like, you know, get me the sign kind, you know, just all the things that you have to have crossing the T's, dotting the I's. And as soon as he did that, he, again, he messaged me. He's like, okay, go ahead. Like, hurry up, like, take it. I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you free for a call now. And I called him up. I'm like, and I said, Hey, how, you know, how's it going? I'm like, do you have a little bit of time to talk right now? I'm like, we need to make sure we're on the same page. I'm like, what has like happened in the past? You know, has yeah, what's going he, on? Right. Right. And he pushed back a little bit and then all of a sudden he opened up and he's like, no, like there have been times am I, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah. you know, and I don't want to slip, slip and say his name, but I'm just like, look, I'm like, I, we have both interests of both of our clients at stake here. And I need to make sure we're on the same page because if something comes up through now, you know, there's a lot of things that go on between contract to close. And I'm like, if we can't be on the same page, what are we doing for our clients? And I'm like, I need to know where you're at. I'm like, I'm not here to change you in any way, but I just you need to understand some agents that you worked with. Like, I don't know what happened, but, you know, and I can tell you that I will do things a little bit differently until it happens. You don't know. Right. Because again, it's interpretation of the individual, but I go into it with that because I have, you know, the saying that, you know, I tell my clients, I tell everybody, I like to sleep at night and I know you do too. If I'm going to go to sleep, you know, thinking like, Hey, this guy is kind of being a little all, you know, scatterbrained all all over the place, a little worried what's going to happen. And then if something happens and the deal does fall apart at some point, and if I did feel that discomfort, how am I supposed to go back to my client and be like, well, I guess the deal died. It's like, no, like 
I, you know, we had these conversations, we were on the same page, you know, if something else happened along the way, that's, that's understandable that maybe it's beyond our control and we have to just position ourselves to deal with that. But I know, you know, I'm working hard to make sure I have that reputation with the other agent. And even if they, they're like, uh, you know, whatever, and hang up on me or something, you know, they know that never happens. But, you know, if there was somebody who was like that, great. Now I know that's how they view business too. So I, I get sure. more information that way too. And that goes for both sides of the deal then. So. I, I think that's really interesting. I wonder how often agents really even view the other, the co-broker, uh, you know, as, as an ally in, in a lot of ways. Yes. Yes. You, you are representing your client's best interest and, and you're looking to either get the highest or the lowest price, depending on what side you're on. Um, and, and you are, it is a little bit of a battle in that sense. Um, but it's a cooperative battle and, um, both, both parties really want to get to the end goal and developing good relationships with agents is, it seems so like, well, doesn't everyone do that? But a lot of people don't. And so Dan, I think you did something right. very emotionally intelligent, which was when the person started having that request about, Hey, get this off the MLS, get this off the MLS. And by the way, for stories like this, if, if anyone is uh, probably almost all of our listeners are members of lab code agents on Facebook, it is a, a, a perfect place to learn about how agents treat each other because every day there's probably 30 examples of you're not going to believe what these other agents <laughs> said to me, uh, you know, and it's shocking and it's like, wow. Um, playing nice in the sandbox is really a great skill. And I have a quick question for you. This is just a, mm -hmm. a simple question. So you were talking about being on the listing side. Mm -hmm. How often with, and, and we're in this situation with, even now I know the, the mortgage rates just climbed again today, but they're still crazy low. Um, yeah. uh, how often, because we have so many people now who can afford things um, because of low interest rate environments um, that weren't able to buy as much uh, property as before. Um, so you get, as you said, a lot of offers, a lot of, lot of requests for showings. How often does an agent call you and say, Hey, I, I already read, I, I've, I've read everything on the MLS. I, I feel like I have a decent sense of this property, but can you give me a couple of key things to mention when I go to the showing as the buyer's agent? Like, do you get those kind of calls? Um, you know, where you're like, Hey, Dan, help me sell this home for you. Um, yeah. do, do, does that happen a lot or, or not that often? So, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, I think a lot of people when they get in real estate, they do a lot more buy side first, right? Sure. And then you start to pick up listings. And I think that's just, you know, typical. Um, but as listing, I I get calls, but I, I think it's because I was doing, I was doing that. I'd call up agents, you know, and be like, hey, you know, we're gonna be going to the showing. Um, I either have seen this through the you know, photography or whatever. You know, this is something, you know, whatever, can you give me a little bit more insights, right? You know, I'm not asking for a lot. Maybe if it's something important to my client. Um, and then it's like, okay, they, they always be like, yeah, here's, here's something. And I like, you know, if you give silence to people, they'll usually keep giving you more. And then all of a sudden it turns into like, well, also I just want to let you know the seller or the, you know, the, the seller has actually already moved and, you know, they want to sell quick. It's like, okay, well now I'm getting more information that other yeah. agents don't have. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, with my listings, I've, I've been surprised because I get like offers sent to me and nobody even calls me. And I'm like, I don't know anything about you. Like, could right. you have at least picked up the phone and be like, Hey Dan, just want to let you know, I submitted an offer. Like yeah. if you have questions, let me know, give me a call. And they're just like throwing contracts at me in the email. And I'm just like, and they were like poorly written and you know, it's like slot, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm not in, in by, you know, by no means it's, that's, you know, 
there's a, a lot of phenomenal agents out there. I get, you know, where they pack it up nicely. Everything's there. But um, yeah, it just, I feel like some agents I'm not, you know, getting like that due diligence and it doesn't take a lot. And it's not like you have to do it all the time, but just a quick, you know, Hey, can you tell me a little bit more? Is there something about it? You know, I, my clients, this, I think they're going to really like this place. If we were to come in with an offer, possibly, you know, is there anything I can get them, you know, ready to roll on? So, but yeah. And conversations can be had, especially right now where you can get really creative and you can talk to the other agent, assuming they're, they're available to talk and say things like, yeah. Hey, what if, what about a buy side contingency? Oh, what's that? Well, let's talk about that. Or, or what about a, a warranty or, or whatever, you know, there's a million different little things you can put in. Um, but that all happens with, with conversation. Um, and it is tough when, when you're getting you know, dozens of and course. dozens of offers, um, right. but it is also the job, right? So it's like yeah. one of those things where um, I want to talk about discipline because you're an Ironman athlete. And to me, there is no greater display of discipline, <laughs> physical <laughs> discipline than the yeah. ability to perform in an Ironman competition. Um, yeah. I, uh, I have a trainer, um, uh, a, a personal trainer, and I work out three times a week for an hour, uh, three times. And that is the only way I will get to the gym. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's embarrassing because I, I spend a fortune, um, but it works for me um, because I do not have that discipline. So um, I am curious on uh, what, how, what, how, how the role of discipline has played into obviously athletics for you, but also yeah. how that's translated over into your real estate business. Yeah. And it's funny. So the Ironman thing I've, I did a full Ironman in Cozumel uh, last year in November. It was my, it was my first one actually. So by calling my, I still even saying like, I'm, a, I'm like an Ironman. I am because I did the one, but you know, meeting other people there and it's very similar to real estate then because it is that it's, it's a lifestyle, right? It's not just, yeah. you don't, you know, and my goal was to finish. Um, I think as most people who do an Ironman for the first time, you know, I've never even swam over two miles in my life and I had to do 2.4 miles in the ocean. And, uh, like it's those things that live in you then. Right. And so it does create a new level of discipline. It creates a new, you know, ability to process things differently. Um, and it, you know, those are the kind of things that when I signed up for it, I signed up for it about, what, eight months before it. And with real estate, there would be things like, you know, making tough phone calls or, you know, having long days or going out to, you know, scheduling, you know, and you're going to do like 14 showings. And it's like, that's, you know, pulling data on 14 places, doing an analysis on 14 places, driving to 14 places, parking at 14 places, working with clients. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not telling anything agents don't know, but oh my God, like, it's, it's, it's not just physically draining. It's incredibly mentally draining, you know, and those were different clients too. You know, it wasn't, I mean, there's no way I'm going to show one person 14 places. We'd be like, which one was that again? But, um, so it's like, they go hand in hand, but it, it is the ability to recognize that, Hey, I have the right, you have the right. We all have the right to, to move at a pace, you know, whether we, you know, hit the throttle a little bit harder or we can, we can come back a little bit. I think to know when you need you know, whether it's a day in real estate where you take, you know, a good, you know, half, half day for yourself and, you know, you just kind of relax and you read and, you know, you move your blocks around and maybe, you know, a few blocks that aren't client related, you, you know, move to another day, whatever it is, we have that right. And it's, it's that mindset, you know, it's always as this, you know, the, the, you know, term for this is, you know, it's like the show saying, Hey, we, we commute, we broadcast the 1%. 
Well, to me, 1% isn't the agents, it's a mindset. And it's that push to, to stay focused, you know, to, if there's going to be something that stresses you out to just get it fixed right then, whatever that might look like, but kicking that can down the road is not going to do anything. And then if you allow those things to keep happening, your mindset's just going to fall backwards and that discipline is going to fall apart and similar to mindset or similar to Iron Man, you know, you're just going to start to, you know, to, to fall apart. So how important is it to know your why? And, and again, let's relate it to the Iron Man. So the Iron yeah. Man um, is, is a goal uh, of sorts. Um, yeah. I, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of goals uh, versus direction. For me, what works better for me personally is pushing myself in the right direction consistently. Now, if I want to run an Ironman, I have to do whatever is necessary. Sorry, I shouldn't say run. I part, you know, uh, compete in Ironman. I have <laughs> yeah. to do run, bike, and swim. I have to do all of those things uh, in a very disciplined way to be able to to get to a place where I can then go to Cozumel and and you know part and participate in in a brutally difficult uh, you know physical endurance uh, situation. Um, yeah. So that, but how important is it to know why is, is that important for your mindset? I'm just curious. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. The why is in, Oh my gosh. Like the, why is your, that's your little power plant. Like that's your source of energy. And I've been trying over the last probably, you know, a couple of years, especially getting into this, you know, to figure that out. And it's always, I think some people, depending on where they're at in their life, it can be anything, right? Our whys are all going to be different. And I think for me, so like um, my why to go to connect it was, you know, over a decade ago. So when my grandfather passed away, um, you know, the house that, you know, him and my grandmother lived in, my grandmother passed away a few years before him. um, I always like dreamt of owning it. Like I wanted it. When I was a little kid and I go over there, I used to think like, I'm going to own this one day, but you know, you don't like you don't know the reality of the future. You just see the future as you are right now. And you're like, sure. everything's gonna be great. Like I'm gonna own my grandfather's house and he's still gonna be here. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense. Um, but, you know, so when he passed away, I ended up buying it from my father and my aunt um, who was left to then. And I did not work with an agent at the time. Um, the transaction to me was, I mean, at the time, I'm just like, I'm gonna make this work. I'll figure it out. But I was real, I was not like, if I would have been out on the search by myself, I would not have bought a home. I would not have bought that home. There's nothing in the whole lineup that made sense on paper, but I was like, I'm going to make it happen because I wanted it. It was purely, it was important to you. Exactly. It was, but the thing was, it was a hundred percent emotional purchase. And you know, if you make any decisions with the, with the background or with the push of emotion, it's not going to turn out well, usually, even if it's like a super high level emotion, because that energy just fades away. It turns off Um, because emotion is just like, you know, it's a drug. So throughout that time, you know, just a whole bunch of stuff, you know, I obviously I would see things like his taxes. Cause you know, he had senior freeze on it and this was like an Edgewater. So, you know, all of a sudden I'm like getting hit with like these, you know, year, yearly taxes of like $8,000, $9,000. Basically I, I could have just taken a box of whatever money I had and just lit it on fire and just been, it would have been the same thing. I mean, it was, you know, like, yeah. but so, you know, I fast forward, you know, a couple of years, I would just spent on it, everything, man, it maintaining a home by myself, you know, just, it was an emotional drain on me. And, you know, you also, there's other things that go into it and not to go into it, but, you know, then I felt like a failure on that. And, you know, it just like, obviously then I felt 
bad. Like I felt like I let my grandfather down and then I had to sell and that's a whole nother level of emotion. So I saw both ends of the spectrum of emotions in the home tied to me. So then when I had to sell it, I had to go through all that. And then of course, you know, when I bought it, you know, I didn't have any agency support. So selling it, I'm like learning how a listing sell a listing agent works for the first time. Um, and then just also to remind you, I bought it like in 20, 2008 and I sold wow. it like in, yeah, I, sold like, <laughs> I bought it. Yeah. I bought it at 2008 and then I sold it in 2011. Oh, so boy. like, Oh yeah. Just the worst times in real estate to buy at a time and then to sell at a time, you know, that's when somebody who was buying them, they did gangbusters in the future, but again, money aside, but, um, I've, I've looked back at a lot at that a lot and to go to the power of the why it's changed a lot for me now over these last few years, because I've seen it show up in other clients. I've had clients who are like, Oh my God, Dan, I need to have this house. And I'm like, okay, there's, there's things here. Like, no, like, you know, and I, I'm be, I come to, to become the voice of reason for them. Right. Yeah. You know, and all of a sudden like, Oh my God, like you it's, I, I, when I work with clients, like I tell them, like, you see things right here, you're present. I see the future. I don't, you know, I'm not selling for right now. That goes for everything that goes for, you know, your referrals for selling with you in the future, buying with you in the future. You know, if, uh, if a parent passes away, I want you to give me that call. I'm not, I don't care about right now. But I also, you know, in, you know, when they're like, we want to have kids and I'm like, why are we looking at a two bedroom home and stuff? Like you want to have a family, all that kind of stuff. But the the why gets activated at different times and it charges you. And it's really powerful because I think it's for a lot of us, especially as agents, I mean, we are all probably, you know, our past lives are just, they're crazy. A lot of us, you know, it's, we're either spent and burnt out in, you know, a corporate world or we had a transaction similar to mine where just like, I never want anybody else to feel that pain ever again. And it's, those are the things. And, you know, when that's the why, and it could be for whatever, it's when you really find it, it's, it's, it comes, it's, it's like magical, you know, it's so hard to explain, but I, and that's the thing, like, it's still happening. Right. So. Yeah. I, I think, I think you just said a lot and, and it's really, really good stuff because I think um, the ability to really be able to bring ideas to your clients based on what you know about them that are outside of the, Hey, Dan, can you help me go see this property? Which of course you will and can do, but mm-hmm. this idea of being like, Hey, by the way, you told me you wanted children. We're looking at two bedrooms. Why are we doing that? That's, that's an amazing question to ask somebody. Many agents, I think, are afraid to push back um, or, or confront. And, and this isn't a negative. It's just challenge uh, their, their, their customer and just say, hey, let's, let's think about this. What do we really want here? What do we want in three years? What do we want in five years? How long yeah. are you going to be here? And, and you then can also say, let me tell you a story about a, a decision I made um, that ended up being emotional and, and it was important that I'm glad I made it. It ended up not really working out, but I want to sort of like you even just sharing what you did with our listeners, um, is a story that we all can relate to. Now we all haven't bought our grandparents home, but we have all made decisions like that, that we went, gosh, I, I really did it for the right reason, but I, I, I didn't really have all the information and I wish somebody mm-hmm. would have guided me through that process. Um, 
that I think is, is the cornerstone of, of a good agent. The ones that can say, I see the future here and it might not line up with what you actually want versus you love the home. You want to put an offer in great, let's do it. And yes, you have to do that too. But I yeah. think you going a one step beyond that and said, well, let, yes. And this is going to, let's just hold tight for a moment. Let's really think about this. How long do we want to be here? You know, and, and is this actually the best fit? Um, because emotionally it's way more fun just to make decisions with emotions, right? It's, right yeah. You get excited, you go, this is perfect. Let's do right. it. We're, we're seeing it now in the building I live in. Uh, it's a new development and we're starting, we're in the process of converting the ownership from or the board from the, you know, the developer over to the, the homeowners. And um, it's so funny because we're on this WhatsApp, this long WhatsApp chat of all the owners. And it's just, and the owners are lovely, wonderful people. This is not a, a, a knock <laughs> at any of them, but they're always talking about what's wrong and what's missing and what wasn't done correctly, which is what owners do. And I mean, look, I do the same thing. And right. if you were to just read the the text, uh, the, this text thread um, that is never ending, um, it, 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 you would think, oh my gosh, like the developer really must've dropped the ball. And it's like, wow, it, it, everyone's so unhappy. And then, and then you realize like emotionally we react to things and then we want to talk about those things. And oftentimes it's like, no, 99% of what the developer did is perfect. It's really, really great. Um, we're, we're hyper-focusing on this, the, the, these issues and, it, and now it, it feels like this is everything. Like these little issues right. are the, oh my God, are we going to have to sue the developer? Like who knows? You know, there's, there, <laughs> right. there's a lot of those, those emotions that go into it. And, and I, I think realtors have this unique ability if they have the experience and they've been around long enough to just go hang tight here here's how these things usually go and um and and especially first time home buyers they're the most freaked out and of course they are i mean i i was and and so i think dan what you're saying is really important which is you know you're guiding someone through the process but you're also making sure that they that that you understand you can be their sort of support system as they go yeah. through this process and the discipline of of your business i think gives you the freedom because you're so disciplined um dan is incredible i mean anyone who runs uh, i keep saying run anyone who participates in ironman triathlons have to be obviously incredibly disciplined there's just no other way to do it so Dan has a discipline to, to his business and that enables him to then learn, continually learn. He's, he's always pushing the ball forward and enables him to be there for his clients when he's not reactive. You're a proactive real, realtor versus reactive. Yep. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what do you think as, as you've been in this business a few years, um, what are some, what are some of the behaviors that you've seen other agents do that were really impressive to you or things you've adopted into your own practice? Just, just out of curiosity. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot. And, but one of the things is, all these like concepts and ideas and practices and beliefs and things like that. It's something that, you know, since I got into it, when I got into real estate, it was, okay, what, what do I like about, you know, this age and what they're doing? It could be the way that they communicate something. It could be a showing schedule. It could be like, you know, Hey, we're only going to do weekends, whatever. And sometimes I'd view it like, okay, how is that beneficial to me? And how is that beneficial to them? You know, whatever. Um, one of the things that, and it was actually brought up on one of your recent shows, and I think actually a couple, you've said it, but you're like, there's 46,000 agents in, yeah. you know, Chicagoland area. 
that means I am going up against, you know, you know, 45,999 people. Now, of course, like direct competition, no, but who, how we set that bar, it is. It's in, because even if I had an area that I'm in or, you know, my niche of, you know, doing multi-units or something like that, if I don't stay at, you know, or, you know, my strive to become the top, if I'm not there, then, you know, how am I helping the clients? How am I benefiting the industry? How am I helping community? So, you know, to answer that question, like, you know, what kind of things are out there? You know, it's, it's doing this, right? It's telling my story because I want other agents who are either thinking about getting in real estate or currently in it to understand, like, you don't, you don't just show up and get business, like, but you also don't have to aggressively, aggressively go seek it either. You've got to be you. One of my, you know, recent, you know, every year I come up with a mantra. I don't do like resolutions, um, but I come up with something that's going to be a nice reminder. Last year was be better. Any day you're having a bad day or just a you know, situation, you're a little weird, you tell yourself, be better. Like, what does that mean in the moment you figure it out? This year, it's show up, be you. You know, you've got to show yeah. up. And that's like me coming to this office every day. I come every day, you know, even if like the day is like not a ton of business going on that day, maybe I don't have a lot of showings. Maybe I'm not doing a lot of, you know, the active work for things, but I still am, you know, sending out my postcards. I'm still making phone calls. I'm still going up, you know, getting coffees or drinks or lunches with people. You got to just keep going. Right. And I think that's like the biggest thing I've learned from agents who are successful and it's, everybody has the ability to be successful, right? You, you know, you can't just sit around at home because you could have a good day, a good day, a good day. Then all of a sudden a day that you're just not really feeling it. What are you going to do? You're going to turn on the TV. You're going to do things you shouldn't, you know, no business comes to you just sitting on the couch. So it's like these constant reminders and, um, I know it's kind of like a run around of the answer, but those are the things that I've seen in other agents. Cause I watch, you know, who's the ones come to the office, top performers, who's the, yeah. you know, shocking, right? Like, you know, you get all these crazy real estate shows out there, but you know, the girls are selling sunset, aren't going to their home every day. They're going back to the office and talking and you learn so much. Like my managing brokers on the other side, I hear him telling stuff. And of course, none of those details are, you know, if he's talking about a deal with another agent, like, I don't even, I'll never know who it is, but I'm hearing stuff. I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Or like, yeah. Ooh, like I have to remember that. Or like, Oh my God, like that's an interesting situation, you know? And they'll, you can even go to them and be like, Hey, I wasn't, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, you know, but what's going on? They're like, well, you know, like we're dealing with this client who's doing this and you're like, Oh wow. Like didn't know that. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter who you, how long you've been in this business, you're going to come across something that just like, that's different. And, uh, you know, that's where like something again on the pursuit of like, you know, making it like, do you ever really make it? Cause even if you touch number one, you got to hold on to that. And what does that mean? Yeah. You're, you still got to be pushing hard. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, again, kind of the run around of the answer, but <laughs> before I, before I started this podcast, no, it's a great answer. Um, when I, before I started this podcast, um, I was actually doing a version of this for the agents in our office where, um, I, it's funny. I was at home. Uh, I, I'm really, I was raised in Peoria, Illinois, which is like central Illinois. And, uh, but I, but I, I don't, I've lived in Chicago pretty much my whole adult life. And so I was in Peoria and I was going through the paper. This is a million years ago. And I saw um, a name that I recognized for realtor advertising, say, you know, some property or maybe all the properties. This is back when, you know, realtors did newspaper ads. And I, I recognized <laughs> the last name and it turned out to be the brother of a, of a girl, I, a, a woman I knew that I knew when she was in high school. And so I said, oh, hey, your brother seems really successful. I just 
got into real estate, we have a bunch of agents. Would it be okay if I interview him to ask him about how he became successful? And he's, and she goes, Oh, he'd love it. He, and, and so I talked to him. He's the seventh highest producing realtor in Peoria at that time. Um, and he'd been in business a while. And I said, what's the secret to your success? And he goes, you know, I show up at the office every day at, I don't know, like a reasonable hour. Like it was eight o'clock, I think, or mm-hmm. it wasn't later than that, but it was around 8am. He goes, there's a hundred some agents in his office. He goes, I'm the first one here. <laughs> or maybe he shows up at 7.30. I mean, what it wasn't a crazy early. Right. It wasn't like hour, a 4 a.m. person kind no, of thing, right? No, yeah. he, wasn't, he wasn't that guy. And he, oh, by the way, he sells a hundred in like 15 homes a year. So it's a home every like couple of days, basically. And he goes, I show up at, you know, 7.30 or eight. I do my calls. I do, but you know, he had his whole routine and he goes, I see, I start to see agents funnel in around 9.30, 10. Then they're out yeah. to lunch. Then he goes, you know, if you just show up and, and time block and actually have, you know, uh, sort of, you know, your, your day scheduled. Um, and you know, your why, cause his whole thing was, he goes, you know, I just want to be available for my kids in, in, in the afternoons and evenings because he had young kids at the time. And he said, mm-hmm. I want to be there for their events and, you know, real estate oftentimes you're not there during those things. So he goes, I'm going to try to do as much as I can during the day so that most nights and weekends that I I'm available. And, and he goes, and I sell a hundred and some homes a year and it was just him. And yeah. I, and I went, I went, Oh, and he goes, it's amazing, DJ. He goes, the only people that show up at the office are the one people that are in his office are the ones that are are actually doing a lot of business. And he goes, yeah. probably not a coincidence. And so certainly not suggesting that everybody listening needs to, to get an office space. But Dan said something also when he started and he was doing shared office space. And oh, by the way, other people are going to be there too. And that's a great opportunity to, to interact and meet people and just go somewhere and do like, if you want to train for an Ironman, you have to make plans, right? You have to know where you're swimming, where you're biking, where you're running, probably for a full year, you got to have that figured out. um, Because at some point, that's all going to be put to the test. So you can't just kind of go, well, I, I need to find a pool. And I need like, it all has to be really, really meticulously thought out. And I think realtors, realtors oftentimes forget that, that building your business, it doesn't have to be as intense as an Ironman, but it really is an Ironman. I mean, it truly is. I mean, you're putting that kind of time and dedication and, and I mean, look, finishing an Ironman is a perfectly amazing goal. Like that's an incredible goal. Um, and, and one that 99.99% of people will never be able to achieve. Dan did it through small, consistent action, uh, that, you know, over a prolonged period of time, eight months, which is by the way, impressive. Uh, but, but you know, that that's real estate's kind of the same thing. And if you can just focus on those tasks and the, and and as Dan was saying, the driver is the why the driver is, Hey, I want to do this for these reasons, you know, for my family, for myself, for financial reasons, for freedom, for whatever, Uh, whatever those reasons are, you can lock into that every morning. And then the day's kind of exciting. Um, and and then realizing that, oh yeah, now I got to go, you know, swim four miles or or, or, (laughs) in your, you know, or whatever it is. It's like, well, that's the part that sort of sucks, but that's, what's going to get me to the goal. So the part that sort of sucks is actually, you know, nobody really wants to lift weights. Nobody really wants to pick up the phone and call 50 people, but it's a good idea. Um, and I, I want to just end Dan with picking up the phone and, and just, cause I just mentioned it, I know you're a big 
I feel like nobody picks up the phone anymore. So can we talk a little bit about the importance of, of the phone just as a really practical tool for, yeah. uh, for our listeners? Yeah. Oh my God. It's one of my differentiators. When people like ask, you know, what's, what's something that's different from other agents? I'm like, I pick up the phone. I use the phone. Um, you know, it's something that when you talk to other agents, you know, it's funny because you get some other agents who are like, oh, when I call people, they don't answer. It's like, have you ever thought they could be at showings and meetings, just busy eating lunch? They'll call you back. You know, hey, this is, the, you know, leave a quick voicemail. You know, it's, hey, this is Dan. Um, I'm going to, you know, what I usually do too for some people, if, you know, you know that they're going to be a little apprehensive using phone, it's like, hey, you know, this is Dan. Um, I just wanted to discuss whatever. Um, give me a call when you get a chance. Otherwise, I'll give you another call maybe later at three o'clock, you know? Yeah. So now it's like, if they hate the phone, like, crap, this guy's going to call again. I must have just called now. <laughs> um, but, you know, and then you, you get them on the phone, whatever the situation, if it's a situation, if it's a deal, if it's just making a phone call to somebody, you know, it's usually you start talking a little bit. You know, you get these people who will be like, I only have a couple minutes. I'm like, you probably have more. If you answer, that means you have the time. Like, and I respect that. But then they start going on and rambling and, you know, they're telling their whole life story and you get off the phone and you're just like, well, now I know too much information. Um, and that goes for anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, it's like me right now. When you ask me questions, I just keep going until basically stop me. <laughs> but uh, that's well, what we too. do. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and it's, you know, I, and that's something I value, especially I think as, as realtors, you know, we, we got to remember to listen. And when you call somebody and you pick up the phone, they're giving you something. They're giving you, first of all, they're giving you time. They're giving you information. They're giving you something. And you have to appreciate that. You know, you don't get that from, you know, you could send text messages. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that either. But then you're getting in this dialogue, you're getting this back and forth, you know, and you're losing the emotion, you're losing the value. Um, people will set their phones back down and, you know, they read it, then they forget to respond because now it's not fresh anymore. It's stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's, Another person that an agent, she was, you know, just, just, she was a little bit younger and that's fine, but she was asking like 10 million questions through email and just like, just pick up the phone, you know? And yeah. then she's like, we're going to write an offer. And I'm like, awesome. And then during it, she's asking more questions. I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, you're one of those people that you're going to say you're super busy, but you're super busy because you're making things so much more difficult for yourself, you know? So um, the phone, the phone is definitely powerful and you know, I, I also have some clients where it's like, you know, you call them and they'll never answer. So a couple text messages here and there, whatever. And I, that's fine too. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I also don't want to put people in the position of discomfort for things that they don't enjoy, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's powerful. So if you're, if you're thinking, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I don't like picking it up. It's like, just pick it up, Make, start getting comfortable with it call your best friend and start getting comfortable talking to people on the phone again. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming a bit of a lost art. I mean, I, I'm shocked at how few phone calls I get throughout the year, other than from my closest friends, I almost never get them from service providers, accountant, financial advisor, you know, um, insurance, uh, person, uh, realtor. You know, I really don't, you, people really don't get many calls anymore. And, um, and, and I think it's, it's a really, easy way to build intimacy. I think it's harder to build intimacy on, on text. Um, yeah. it certainly can be done and, and there are people that prefer it that way, but, but I think, you know, going the extra mile, picking up the phone demonstrates a level of care, uh, that is really, really important. And obviously part of the secret of, of Dan's success is look, 
Dan's an Iron Man, uh, you know, participant. This is a guy who knows that if you do all these daily actions, you can achieve some really big things. And, and he's doing that. I really encourage everyone listening to follow Dan on Instagram. Um, and that is get real with Dan and there's periods between that. So it's get period, real period with period Dan. We'll put that link in our show notes, uh, the podcast episode notes, but get real, real with Dan on Instagram. You can learn more about what Dan's doing. Dan also goes to the office every day. I think that is just an amazing <laughs> thing. Um, Dan, uh, th- this has been a great episode episode. I, I really definitely want to have you back on and we can talk more yeah. about uh, Dan's just crushing it. Isn't is, is it just a few years in he's really doing well. He's got great attitude. We absolutely, everyone listening knows he is on the way up. So um, Dan, we thank you so much for your, uh, your willingness to share, uh, be vulnerable. Also tell us um, some great suggestions about how agents can stay focused and stay busy um, yeah. and, and really build better relationships with their, with their clients. Um, so on behalf of the audience, we want to thank you for taking time two different times now, because if you're just <laughs> probably not tuning in now, but Dan and I had actually attempted to record this a few days ago and we had a power surge. So uh, Dan is, is is a super easy going, great guy. And um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch as he continues to you know go up that mountain of, uh, of success in real estate. So on behalf of the audience, we thank you for, for being so, yeah. uh, so diligent with us a pleasure. and um, sharing you. with our audience. And then also yeah. on behalf of Dan and myself, we want to thank the audience for listening, participating, and also please tell a friend. Um, that's the best way you can help our show continue to persevere um, is by letting other agents know about this episode. So I guarantee, you know, an agent that could benefit from hearing from somebody like Dan. Um, so please send them a link to this episode and then also leave us a review, whatever podcast system or, or delivery system you might be listening to us on Apple podcast, iTunes, um, Google play, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, et cetera. Let us know what you think of the show that really helps us improve and also tells us what you think, um, and gets us more visibility. So we appreciate the help there. Um, Dan, uh, really great chatting with you. Um, thank you so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.